World's Finest Podcast, Episode 50. host, the very tired James Doe, and with me as always is Michael David Sims. Hello! I was going to ask how you were doing, but you obviously just spoiled that, so... I did. <laughs> um, well, what can I say? I've been up since 5 a.m., I work... But, it, but it's only 7 a.m. right now. I mean, we're... It, what? Oh, oh no, wait, oh, it's 11 o'clock, I'm sorry. I guess that's well, midnight for you, isn't it? Jeez, yeah. Midnight yeah. here, yeah. <laughs> so, I've been up for, what would that be, 19 hours now? and Something like that. Worked eleven hour shift today, and so, yeah, I'm I, I'm really running on fumes and Starbucks espresso right now. <laughs> um, Starbucks, oh god! What, you're not going to do a Mad Stan rant? No, I'm not. I, well, okay, just so people understand what's what's going on here. Um, I don't consume caffeine, um, and I think society relies too much on caffeine to get by um you know that's not a shot against people that you know like their coffee like their soda pops like their red bulls but you know i think as a society we could consume less of it and if uh you know if there were someone that were to stand up in a mad stand way and say take down the caffeine pushers I'm not sure I would disagree with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, A, I don't drink Red Bulls because they're uh, like shooting yourself in the heart with a uh, 9mm. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I'm really not a caffeine addict because normally caffeine really doesn't do anything for me. Mm. But it's right now I'm just so, you know, out there in terms of being really, really exhausted right now that yeah. I had to do it just in case. Because yeah. otherwise, I wouldn't be able to record this right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I haven't had, I haven't had caffeine in probably about seven years. I mean, yeah, good. that's a I, good yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, I I do consume chocolate, and I know there's a little bit of caffeine in chocolate. So, but I'm talking about like caffeinated teas and coffees and sodas. Mm -hmm. I just I just couldn't. And I got to tell you, I'll be honest with you, people. You know, I used to have one hell of a temper. Um, and ever since I weaned myself off of caffeine, my temper has gotten a lot better. I think it made me super edgy all the time. So, you know, this is just this is just me saying. If you find yourself being edgy, maybe take yourself off caffeine for a little while and see if that, uh, you know, gets rid of the edge, so to speak. You know, that, that's my public service announcement. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. Um. Well, no, that's I was going to just say. We're uh, halfway home here. Yes, we are. Oh, my God. I mean, just I, wow. 50 I episodes. I cannot believe this. I, I, just thinking back to when we first started this, you know, episode one, when it was part of Earth2.net, the show there, uh -huh. um, you know, it's just weird to think how far along we've come, mm -hmm. how, how great the show has evolved, I think. Mm -hmm. It's... Uh, you know, it really makes me proud, especially when we 
you know, you think of all the, the people who've joined the forums just because of our podcast here. Yeah, I know. It's 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 just one of those things where it just blows my mind. Uh, anytime we get an email, you know, anytime I look at the, the, the download numbers for the show, you know, anytime I look at the forums and I see people talking about WFP or people talking about other things at the forum, but as you said, came to the forums because of World's Finest Podcast... It just it just warms my heart and it, it just amazes me that there's that many people listening to the show. I'd be happy with one person listening to us ramble on, mm-hmm. um, but just seeing all the people that get enjoyment out of our show, it just it just astounds me. It just really does. I never thought we'd find an audience as lar- as large as we have. I knew we'd find an audience, but. When, when I see the, the download numbers, I'm just like, wow. Just, I'm blown away. Yep, ditto. I mean, um, and really, thank you all, ever to all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Just uh, from the bottom of my heart, and I speak for Mike, I'm sure, too. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and in a way, it's a little sad, too, because we are, we've just, you know, we've hit episode 50, and now we're about to start the second half of the, the lifespan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to wonder. It's it's going to end at some point, and it's a little sad. But yeah. at least we know we're we've still got a lot of episodes to go. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's so much good stuff ahead of us at this point. I know it's not going to be the smoothest ride. You know, I know Zeta and Static aren't the best cartoons out there, um, but I think we're still going to have fun examining them nonetheless. You know, and then after that, you know, we have the Justice League, and we have Teen Titans, and Justice League Unlimited. I mean, there's oh, yeah. so much to look forward to from this point forward. But uh, here's a thought I'm going to put into your head. Do you realize if we had done this show weekly, we'd be done by now? We would. This this would be it, because, well, well, we probably would have ended a couple of weeks ago, if you want the truth, because for those of you that uh, don't remember, if you haven't been around since the beginning or just don't know or whatever, um, the show started out weekly, and then it got to the point where we said, you know what, let's let's just make it fortnightly, but then, you know, there were a couple of points where we had to delay the show a little here and there, but yeah, if we had made this a weekly show, we would have been done by now, you know, but I, I'm really glad we slowed it down and made it fortnightly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I could have done it weekly, with just no. how, especially with how psychotic each of our schedules mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And hey, you know, it's, and it's great because we get to do this till God for what 2011, I think, is when we. Yeah, um, this is going to end. Yeah, it's it's like late February, early March 2011. In fact, you know what? Let me just pull up my little cheat sheet here because of the that delay we had a little while okay. back. I'm thinking it's March. Yeah, I think it got. I think it finally did get pushed to March there. But let me let me double check. Assuming there's no more delays, uh, episode 100 will air. Hmm, this sheet is actually saying February 16th. Is that not so. the date that we had before? Or is it? It is, but my number. I did update the sheet, but regardless, it'll be the six, the sixteenth of February, or whatever two weeks after that would be. So, so hey, yeah. y'all have two more years of us. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, almost two years exactly, isn't it? Yeah, wow. Exactly. Yeah, and who knows what'll happen after that? We may, we may do another podcast. You know, um, we may. <laughs> the, 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 trust me, if you know James and I, we've been talking about doing another podcast. Um, and I'd certainly love to do one. It's just, you know, it depends on where our lives take us. Exactly. Plus, 
you know, we're not going to jump straight from WFP and then two weeks later debut a new show. No. We would no. take a couple of months <laughs> off, just, you know, take a breather and just go from there. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, just speaking for myself, you know, I've got Earth 2 at the show, I've got WFP, I've got Bigger on the Inside. Um, and there's some other stuff potentially coming up for me, podcast-wise. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a lunatic, and I can't stop podcasting. Um, so That's a word you're familiar with, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Inside you joke. Know. Remember, only on the forums. <laughs> yes, go visit the forums, people. I haven't, I haven't broken that out in a long time. Though. No, you haven't. I'll, I'll have to do that again. But, you know, my, my point is, you know, I don't know, podcast-wise, where I'll be in two years' time. You know, I don't know where I'll be personally. I don't know where James is going to be personally. So, yes, we're definitely talking about doing a follow-up. We don't know what yet. And even if we did know what yet, we would in no way reveal it. Because, you know, what, we're going to tell you two years ahead of time? And then what if it doesn't happen? You know? No, 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 no. But I'll just tell you we are talking. We're definitely talking. So, you know, if you like the show, there'll be more of us. If you hate the show, well, one, I don't know why you're listening. But, uh, (laughs) well, you'll have more stuff that that you'll hate to to listen to. (laughs) Anyways, on that note, uh, we've got a ton of email to get through. Uh, we have a segment from our British segment monkey to get through, and then we have to get into our look back at Batman Beyond. So let's get right into the emails. All right. First one is from David, who writes, Okay, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I have been uh, waiting over a year for you guys to do Return of the Joker, and I'm really, really happy that we're finally there. I am, however, shat to high heaven with Michael's friggin' Mike. Yeah, I, thought- I know. I know. I'm sorry. But finish the email, and I'll explain. I don't know if you've been going back and listening into the podcast, but the issue in which Mike's Mike is dropping in and out is amazingly annoying. Anyway, I love this film. For a long time, this was my favorite Batman film, including the live-action films. I actually used to school friends of mine as to what the Joker should be like. Creepy, funny, but utterly terrifying. I totally agree with James' assertion that the Joker design was creepy as fuck. He's slightly wrinkled and yet still kind of wrong. Like, he doesn't fit into his own skin. His performance is just brilliant. It's the reason I think everyone still loves Hamill's Joker and wants him to do everything, i.e. Arkham Asylum and even the voice of the Joker in Birds of Prey. His line, Who Would Know Me Better Than You, works on so many levels, as both Tim, the Joker, and on Bruce and Batman. I love the writing so much, it kills me. Bruce utterly terrified, Terry not getting it. It's just so brilliant. And then to see him uh, later actually infected by Joker toxin. Man, it's like the producers thought, let's go for broke, and it's so cool. JJ is the creepiest thing ever. Though the thing that was even weirder was that I actually got the feeling that Harley was serious saying that her biological clock was ticking. She looks quite serious about that. Weird. But the performance of the kid playing Tim Drake and the laughing turning to crying is such an amazing performance. It's right up there with uh, Conroy's earlier one. Well, if it's a whoop and you're a wanton, it's absolutely gold. And the thing I was most scared uh, of this podcast was that Mike was going to bitch and moan about a plot hole or a logic gap <laughs> that I love so dearly, and I was very, very happy to hear that you both loved it as much as I do. Thanks for an awesome review and a great coverage of a fantastic film. And looking back at Batman Beyond, it has been a funny sort of hit in this show. I really grew to love Terry and the relationship with Bruce. I was disappointed that they didn't perhaps cover some more of the old villains or characters, especially Nightwing. I think The Call was a great introduction to the concept of the Justice League, and I honestly don't think uh, Justice League would have been the same show without it. I would love to see them return to this timeline at some point again. I wish Epilogue had been a full second film, but hey, we can take what we can get. Hmm. I also love that Batman Beyond has become almost a part of actual DC continuity, or the costume has at least. 
I am now looking forward to your reviews of the shows I am most familiar with, Justice League and JLU, though we still have Zeta and Static 2. Oh my. Mm. Keep it up, guys. You're always a great listen. Okay, so when it comes to the slight audio problems you guys have heard where it sounds like that, um, which I've dubbed fist and mouth syndrome, <laughs> yes, I know there's problems. Um, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little. Um <laughs> when it comes to the uh, episode 49, the Return of the Joker review episode, I had to trim 30 minutes, three zero minutes from that show um, because of, not all of it because of audio troubles. I probably would have caught, cut uh, 10 to 15 minutes just for pauses, slight flubs that James and I kind of wanted to redo. Um, bathroom breaks, you know, stuff like that. The other 15, 20 minutes is is where the problems would persist. And that doesn't mean that it sounded all warbly or however you want to phrase that for those 15 or 20 minutes. It could be that the mic just went wonky for like 20 seconds. But if you can't hear those first 20 seconds, I may have to trim out a full five minutes of a conversation James are, James and I are having because it all hinges on those first 20 seconds that you can't make sense of. So I would say like 95% of the problem areas were cut, but there's times where I have to leave something in even though it doesn't sound as perfect as I would like it to. We're doing something a little different this time around in regards to how we're recording it. Um, I'm hoping this solves the problem. We'll see. Um, if it doesn't solve the problem, we're going to try something else with episode 51. Next one is from Gary, who writes, Hey, James and Mike, I was wondering, do either of you watch Batman the Brave and the Bold? If so, what are your thoughts? Me? I think it's a great little show. I mean, it's it's not in any kind of continuity except its own. And you see all kinds of great Silver Age characters that you don't see a lot of. And... Um, you know the stories. I think are really good. Uh, Aquaman. The anytime Aquaman's <laughs> on the screen, it's gold. Um, and this new episode, I think, within the last week or so, with uh, the Demon and Sherlock Holmes and the Gentleman Ghost, was fucking brilliant. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, I really dig this show. I try to watch it anytime I can. I am going to say the most controversial thing I have ever said on World's Finest Podcast. Uh oh. Batman the Brave and the Bold is the best Batman cartoon ever. Ever. More than BTAS, more than Gotham Knights, more than Batman Beyond. It kicks all of their asses combined. It is the funniest, smartest Batman cartoon that has ever been on television. It is a show that kids can enjoy. It's a show that adults can enjoy. It's a show that non-comic book fans can enjoy. Just this afternoon, Jenny and I, we sat down, we watched the episode that you were just talking about, James, the one with the demon, and we were cracking up from start to finish. You know, I mean, first of all, first of all, Crazy Quilt, Crazy Freaking Quilt <laughs> yes. had a cameo. Yes. I lost my mind when I saw that. I just started screaming, crazy quilt, oh my god! And Jenny's looking at me like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> um, 
And then the demon shows up, and they got him right. They did the rhymes. Mm-hmm. And then Sherlock Holmes is there, and they're getting him right. And they're getting his uh, investigative style correct. And, you know, Batman and him, they, they have a little... They don't quite see eye to eye, because Sherlock Holmes is being upstaged by this other guy, you know? But not and really. I, well, in, in the, yes in the, and no. You know, yeah. Holmes feels like he's being upstaged, but Batman's not meaning to. It's just Batman is used to dealing with these kinds of problems where Holmes isn't. Right. You know, that's what's going on there. And I loved the interaction between those two when Batman first arrived, and Holmes is all like, hmm, judging by the chin, I'd say you have a strong lineage, possibly the son of a doctor. Based on the bat motif and the colors, I would say you probably had a traumatic incident when you were a kid. And boom, 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 boom. I mean, he's like totally like nailing who Batman is without actually saying Bruce Wayne. And... And they're, like I said, they're doing it in a very Sherlock Holmes-like way. It fits the character. Um, and then Batman's like, you must be Sherlock Holmes. And Holmes is like, how did you know? And Batman's like, the hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I thought he said everybody knows who you are. Well, he says that at the end. Oh, that's right, because he calls him the world's greatest detective. Right. Holmes says, no, really, how did you know? And Batman says, everybody knows who you are. You're the world's greatest detective. And then Batman is sent back to the future. But, you know... This episode aside, you know, all of them are just awesome from start to finish. I mean, the one, I th- was it the one before last? I think I might have missed one. I'm not sure. But the one where Aquaman had a bout of the sads. Did you Have you seen that one, James? I don't think I saw that one. The, only, the one I saw Aquaman in was with uh, the Atom. <laughs> oh, where they were inside Batman's body? <laughs> we'll call him Platelet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the last one where Aquaman was in... Uh, Batman is going to be beamed up to, uh, is it Ran? I think it's Ran. I, I don't remember. But uh, he's, he's going to hang out with Adam Strange. And uh, he's waiting for the beam to come, you know, zip him into space. And he happens to bump into Aquaman. And Aquaman's just moping. And Batman's all like, dude, what's your problem? You're Mr. Outrageous. Like, how, why are you, like, just sitting here on the beach singing this sad whale song? Which is literally what he was doing. And, like, as they're talking, Aquaman draws a, a frowny face in the sand with his foot. And he's like, I don't understand why we're superheroes. At the end of the day, we really don't solve any problems. And so, normally, you've got this guy who's willing to go off and fight and... Batman invites him along in this adventure, even though he doesn't want him there, to try to cheer him up. And Aquaman's like, I don't know if I want to go. I'll just get in the way. And then at the end of the episode, Aquaman delivers this kick-ass motivational speech. I was ready to, like, stand up myself and pick up arms and be like, yeah, let's go fight! Woo! (laughs) I mean... So they took a character who's just been a comedy character to date, at least in the cartoon, that is, and they turned around and they made him a really serious character for one episode. They made you feel bad for him because he had a point. He's like, why do superheroes do what they do? You know, there is a revolving door on justice. What they do doesn't change the face of the world. And if it does, does it change it for the better? These are all the things he's saying. And you feel bad for the guy because he's questioning himself. Um, I mean, just writing like that for what's ultimately a kid's show about the Silver Age, you just don't expect that. you know. And I'll openly admit, when they announced this show, I was leery. If you go to the forums and you find the Brave and the Bold thread, I don't think I was the first person to post in it, but I was like, ooh, after we've had a dark Batman for so long, I really don't know if this comedy thing can work. But then the second I started watching the show, I was like, this is the tits. Mm-hmm. 
And I stand by what I said earlier. I honestly believe best Batman cartoon to date. Now, it might, you know, the next episode that airs, it might turn around and completely flop and boom, it's over. But the 12 or 13 episodes they've done so far, just stunning. Yeah, I'm not ready to put it above BTAS, <laughs> but certainly Gotham Knights and Batman Beyond. It's it's truly, it truly is just a fun show. Mm. So, really, any anybody, any of you out there listening to this podcast, if you haven't, if you're really, like really skeptical about it or what, you know, we were too. We were yeah. both very skeptical about it. Really, go watch it. You're, you'll do yourself a favor. And here's the thing. Despite the fact that it's a kid's show, it does not pull punches. In the episode that told the the uh, what happened to uh, Ted Court, the Blue Beetle before Jaime. Yeah. I mean, they show Ted get blown up. He dies on screen, stopping a rocket. And that's it. There's no, like, oh, he landed in an iceberg-type rebirth for him. He is dead. And he's dust. Yeah. And in the episode that James and I have been talking about, the demon one, okay, the the victims, they get their souls back, but when you first see them, you're like, that person's dead. It's, it's a very mature kid's show. And I still stand by the fact that there were some questionable um, jokes in the episode where uh, Batman had the out-of-body experience with the dead man, and they were taking over Green Arrow's sidekick's body, Speedy. Again, people, go to the Earth2.net forums and uh, look for the Batman Brave and the Bold thread. Go through it. I don't remember. It's probably about midway through that thread. And I, I quoted some dialogue from that episode that's a little... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Another episode I haven't seen, so I'll, I'll just nod my head. Find it, find it. It's it's another fun episode with some dialogue that uh, is a little uncomfortable considering what's going on. But uh, and also, you know, I mean, considering the stereotypes the about superheroes and their young wards, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but oh, brilliant cartoon! I love it. I love anyway, it. getting back to uh, <laughs> the emails. It, it is in continuity, isn't it? I mean, we, we can cover it on this show, right? <laughs> we can skip over Justice League and cover Brave and the Bold, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Batman and yeah. <laughs> whatever else. Okay, next one is from Daria, who writes, Hi, I have been working my way through the back catalog of World's Finest Podcast, and I've been having a great time. You guys have a great style, making me laugh as well as remember and think about the original episodes. I love that you have full discussions and speculations rather than simply being, this is good, this is bad type review. I'm up to episode 12 and a recent discussion I felt the need to weigh in on, and I know this is over a year in the past for you, so I apologize if this issue has been thrashed to death in the 37 episodes I've yet to hear, so call it a flashback, if you will. It's the topic of whether the Dark Knight Joker can get away with having a, a painted face and dyed hair rather than having his colors burned in like most of the other versions of the Joker. At first, when I heard about it, I was ambivalent. It was their film, and they could try what they wanted, though I knew there'd be backlash. Having seen it, I think in the film at least, he definitely works better with makeup. Why? Because it makes him more scary. Not hide behind the sofa scary, but genuinely unsettling. By giving him makeup and scars that were probably caused by a common blade, they make him more quote-unquote real. I'll explain. In real life, when people get burned or fall into vats or whatever else, they don't become perma-white and gain yeah. emerald green hair. No matter what the Joker of other media does, this adds enough fantasy to make him uh, to make him safe. He's very scary sometimes, but he's not real. He's got a weird comic book origin behind it all. As with most comic book origins, if the Jokers happened uh, to a real world person, they'd simply get very unwell and probably die. 
But that someone could color their face and hair like the film Joker, that someone could do what he does, which never involves Rube Goldberg, death traps, or fancy laughing gas, <laughs> makes him many, many times more threatening to the viewers than if he'd uh, been that step removed. Uh, just my two cents. Make of them what you will. Keep up a fun, po- uh, excuse me, fun podcast, mm. Daria in Australia. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. I have to go back to the Brave and the Bold since she's talking about the Joker. Have, have you seen the, the episode with him? I thought he hasn't been on the show. Oh, whoops, spoiler. Um, anyways, <clears throat> um, okay, you, you, you know, I mean, you, you you used to say it all the time when the Joker would pop up in BTAS and he just pulls something out of thin air. What would you call that? Hammer space, Hammer right? space, yes. Um, Joker's pants and a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> they, t- they so ripped that from the mask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care where they ripped it out from. He pulled a bazooka out of his pants. Um, sorry about that spoiler there. I, I didn't know you hadn't seen... The one. I honestly, I thought somebody told me that that he wasn't on the show at all. No. So I, I, that's yeah, that's a surprise. Yeah, no, he's there. Sorry, but <laughs> anyways, um, in regards to um, Daria's email, there. No, I, I I agree. I like the fact that they went with makeup. I think I don't remember where you stood, James, but I remember. You know, ahead of the movie, I was a little like, um, I don't know if it's gonna work. Let's just wait and see. And I don't know if we ever came back to it. Um, so I think if we, we did. Did we? Okay. Um, I'll, but I'll just... Maybe I'm contradicting myself from when we came back to it some months ago. But, uh, you know, you know, thinking about it now, I, I like it. It makes sense. It's exactly what she said there. You know, in the real world, you... And because these movies are set in the real world, we have to say in the real world, you know, when you fall in the acid, you, you don't just become bleach white. You know, your skin bubbles over. And stuff. So, yeah, you know, he, he just put some makeup on. Why did he choose clown makeup? It doesn't matter. It makes him freaky. It goes to his mystique. The fact that we know nothing about this guy. Why would he wear clown makeup? We'll never know. <laughs> no, I remember you said that, you know, it was the best Joker uh, performance you'd ever seen. And that, mm-hmm. you know, if you saw somebody wearing that makeup standing like in the beginning of the movie, when he's just standing on the street corner, if you saw yeah. somebody like that, you would turn and walk the other way immediately yeah. before I found out it was makeup. I was firmly entrenched on the fence. And, uh, <laughs> cause I was like, well, you know, I'll, you know, let's see what they do with it. I, I trusted Nolan. Um, and you know, my trust was rewarded. It was, yeah. it was phenomenal. Thank you, Daria. Next one is from Dimitri, who writes, Hey, Mike and James, your last podcast on Return of the Joker was the best show ever. Usually I expect a lot of rants on issues with certain episodes, but when an episode or movie deserves a 10, it gets a 10. For me, the disappointing thing in the film was the exclusion of Nightwing. It just gets mentioned twice, but wouldn't it have been cooler for for Dick to show up in the last scene together with Barbara and Tim? What are your thoughts on this, and which scenes would you have included Nightwing in? Um... See, the problem with this is, you know, obviously, I would have loved it if Nightwing had showed up, but like we said in the review, there's, at what point could they have put him in? That everything is so tightly compacted that there's no way they could have had him in there. What would have been the point? Because he wasn't there when all that shit went down with Bruce, Tim, and Barbara, the Joker, and Harley. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a re- it was their first real reunion since that happened. And because Nightwing wasn't there, why would he show up? Um, you know, and and him showing up at any other point in the movie. Again, I agree with James. I mean, 
wouldn't have made yeah. any sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, cool to see him in a fan service way, but where would you put him? Do I think Nightwing should have showed up at some point during Batman Beyond? Absolutely. But Return of the Joker, no. No, I, I was satisfied with the few mentions that he got. Uh, next one is from Tim, who writes, Hey, James and Mike, I'm a long-time listener, first-time emailer. I wanted to mention this a while back, but since you just re- uh, finished Return of the Joker, which in, I believe ends the Batman era in the DCAU, I think I better tell you now. Back when you covered Mask of the Phantasm, I went looking it up on the web as a lifelong fan of BTAS, and I always loved the movie. However, I was wondering if you could provide insight on a topic that has long confused me. And... Uh, Tim has uh, sent us a picture uh, in his email, and uh, it's uh, Andrea is on a ship at the end of the film, and she's wearing what looks like a black headband with a funeral veil attached. We know she obviously didn't go through the kill- with the killing of the Joker. I wonder why she is wearing it. Perhaps she is mourning the fact that she will never see Bruce again. If you could give an opinion, I would, it would be greatly appreciated, as this has been bugging me for a long time. What do you think, James? Um, I, I'm just as baffled as, as Tim is, really. I mean, I guess... I mean, yeah, I guess that's really what you could read into it. Is that he, she is sad that she, you know, she'll never have a relationship with Bruce. That's exactly the way I take it. Her life and the way she wanted it to go is over. So she's wearing what we would traditionally associate with funeral garb to kind of symbolize that. Next one is from Gracie, who writes, Hey guys, well, I have to say that I was very pleased with your analysis of Return of the Joker. I saw this movie on TV. Uh, when I was about seven, and of course the film had already begun, and I started watching it just in time to see that wonderful flashback. Now I can't listen to the 50s TV show uh, music without thinking of Joker and what he did to Tim. And ten years later, I have I have that on my iPod. Anyway, I did note that you guys forgot to talk about the Joker's final words. That's not funny. Hmm. How egotistical is it of the Joker to kill thousands of people and think that it's hilarious, but the one death he doesn't think is funny is his own? Moving on, I look forward to your next uh, episode as well as a new episode of Bigger on the Inside from you, Mike. Woo! Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the plug! Um, <laughs> if memory serves, we did actually mention something about the Joker's final words in the recording, um, but again, audio problems uh, might have caused it to have gotten cut. I don't think we spoke about how egotistical the line might have been, but really that's what the Joker is. He's in, yeah. completely <laughs> egotistical. Of course, his own death is not going to be funny to him. You know, well, maybe on some days it would be, but most of the time, no. His death is the one that would never be humorous. And I think we we actually had a a debate raging in the uh, episode forty nine thread about about that. Um, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody said that. Um, uh, God. You know, I I can't even remember off the top of my head, but really go to the episode forty nine thread. There is we we had uh, some feedback discussing that exact moment and mm. why why Joker was characterized as he was there. So mm. you know, go give it a read. Next one is from Eric who writes, Hello Mike and James, it's Eric. First off, I'd like to congratulate you guys on finishing another great era in the DCAU. I can't wait for the rest. <sighs> even Teen Titans. <laughs> I also would like to congratulate Earth2.net for five years of running strong and making millions of people, including myself, to uh, be happy for their geek sides. I've posted my reasons and experiences on the forums, but since this is the show that drew me into Earth2.net, not to mention open my eyes up to comic books, thank you guys, I figured it's a good place to send it to. 
especially for those who haven't listened uh, haven't visited the forums or listened to the other great podcasts. One more congrats goes along uh, with, that goes along with the first one is we're now on episode fifty. Wow, still a shitload more to go, but it's still a great number to reach. Mike James, it's never too late to say that you'll include reviews on all the DCAU video games and comic books you can get your hands on. You all can have a spin-off podcast called World's Finest Comic Book Video Games Editions. That sounds like a Street Fighter title with all the extra adjectives added into it. Yeah. World's um, Finest Podcast 2 Turbo Comic Book Video Game. No, no. Super no. super Hyper Fighting Edition. Yeah, not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear Episode 50's podcast. Take care of yourselves. Along those lines, though, we're joking that there won't be a podcast like that. There may be some reviews covering the comic books coming up on Earth2.net. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying for now. When it officially starts, we'll let you know, and of course we'll announce who's doing it. But right now we're just going to tease. <laughs> we're not going to say it's James's girlfriend or anything like that. Oh, no, we wouldn't do anything silly like that. <laughs> no, we wouldn't mention Aaron on the show. Oh, oh, shoot, shoot. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Aaron is in the process of sending me some reviews of the uh, DC Animated Universe uh, comic books. Uh, she and I were just going back and forth on it. You know, the editing process, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when they're ready to go, Will's, it'll be a regular feature on Earth2.net. We will make sure to let you know when those hit the site on World's Finest Podcast. All right. Um, next, we have an email from Mike Blanchard, longtime fan of ours. Uh, you know, he's on the forums all the time, um, and he has sent us an MP3 file, which uh, Mike will play now. Hey, Mike and James, it's DCAU fan from the forums. Just wanted to give you guys a shout out, congratulating you on 50 episodes of World's Finest Podcast. Um, if you guys hadn't uh, done this podcast or if I hadn't found it, I probably wouldn't be doing podcasting myself. So I just want to thank you and congratulations on this milestone. And here's to the last 50. It's almost over. And thank you very much for that, Mike. You know, we love doing what we do. Send us money if you love us that much, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now comes one of our favorite moments in our re- our recap uh, episodes. Our lovely British friend Ian has sent us his latest segment fest. Enjoy. I'm sorry to say that all is not well in Clip Monkey Land. Now this is not specifically due to the quality of the podcast during the Batman Beyond era, especially not judging by listener feedback. P.S. I love you guys. This podcast is an orgasm for the brain. <clears throat> oh, well, um, oh, okay. I'm blushing. Thank you. <laughs> Boy, that's the first time I've ever heard that description of our podcast, but hey, we'll take it. Charming. No, it comes from a somewhat petty attack, as Mike will explain. At the forums, I took a lot of shit for my zero um, th- that I gave that, that episode, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sticking by that. Um, I really don't see that grade changing when we do our uh, Batman Beyond retrospective. What will that be? Episode 50, I think it is. Um, Somewhere around there. I I just don't see it happening at all. So I'm sorry if you didn't like the fact that I gave it a zero because, you know, I feel Terry cheated on his girlfriend. I think that's character assassination. But, yeah, I really don't see me changing that. I really don't. Disgraceful. And you know why? Because I looked at that forum thread and saw that Mike was referring to me, and me alone. And you know what my lot of shit was? 
one paragraph full of counterpoints and an agree-to-disagree follow-up after Mike responded to me. It seems that the boss has upped the rhetoric on people who disagree with him. If only I had the means to display that his one reading into a scene disproportionately coloured his view of Terry McGuinness for the rest of the run. If only I had the means. So, thoughts about Terry fucking around on Dana. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, the second I got done with it, I was like, you know what, fuck this episode, it gets a zero, seriously. So, it, so are you the, saying it is as bad as the terrible trio? Well, it's... I mean, it's just in a, no, okay. a whole new way. In a whole new way, right, because the terrible trio had so many things wrong with it, animation-wise, story-wise, you know, just logic-wise, the episode just failed. This one, it, 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 it looked good, you know... Um, I see what they were going for in this one, but when you do that to your title character, no. And it might even be worse, if you want the truth, than Superman stalking Lois Lane's family in Superman Returns. It's character assassination. He got off the phone with her and then started having sex with the other girl, right then and there. Hey, hon, I love you. Bye. Mwah, 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 mwah. Let's let's get it on, baby. Like, no, no. Oh my god. If there's any parents who are watching it with their kids, the parents are going to be like, "Whoa, that is too mature, too messed up," and they're going to write in to the network, and they're going to be like, "What are you airing?" At one point, he tells Irene, "There's this girl." Dana, his longtime girlfriend, is just this girl? Okay, maybe the emotion was there, but I was so irked by the affair. Yeah. By no means am I justifying infidelity, because we all know how I feel about that, considering, ooh, what <laughs> Melody and Terry did some episodes back. Terry, is there something you need to tell me? <laughs> no, no, Bruce, I did not father a child. <laughs> Yeah, Melanie comes back. Yeah, there's something I need to tell you, Terry. He's called the Two of Spades. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> right, it was just to give Terry another love interest. You know, we've seen this before. He's got a wandering eye. We know that. He could have cheated on Max with her. We've already seen him cheat on Dana. You know, he could have cheated on Max, too. You know, make him a complete yeah. scoundrel. <laughs> so I felt good for her that she found love that she could actually attain as opposed to Terry, who would just be cheating on his girlfriend. Again. Like, hey, later tonight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no need for condoms. <laughs> well, if, if, if Dana wants to be safe, because Lord knows where Terry's been. <laughs> Before you think that was an unfair representation of Michael David Sims, I want it known that this isn't the only time he's taken a direct shot at yours truly. You know, those guys named Ian? Man... They're just trouble. <laughs> <laughs> he even admits it. The whole time I was watching this episode, I was like, hmm, how many Ian jokes can we make during this recording? <laughs> Especially because he had that kind of Robin Leach accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I thought we were internet friends. 
Anyway, let's hear something lengthy from James to redress the balance and to stop jeopardizing my job at Earth2.net. A long, long time ago in an animated universe far, far away, there was an episode called Centuries of the Last Cosmos. It is a period of urban war a delusional video game producer striking from a not-so-hidden mansion base and using a gathering of nerdy high schoolers has won his first victory against the rightful owner of a popular video game. During the battle, the Batman managed to figure out who sent these kids dressed in glorified Halloween outfits to destroy a computer database and a George Lucas lookalike. Pursued by the producer's sinister agents, the Batman races towards the mansion base to right the wrongs done to a poor fat slob who actually wrote the video game and stop the evil producer before he launches the Death Star and destroys any sense of sanity left in the galaxy. Hey, that's better. In fact, if we can't agree about Dana, I think we can all reconcile over the dislike of another character. I have said that uh, Max, I didn't understand the hate she was seeming to get at certain places. <sighs> now I'm starting to understand the Max hatred. Yeah. So annoying in this episode. They get his attention. She makes fun out of him. When Jared calls her on her bullshit, she storms off like a spoiled baby. Like, seriously, you just made fun out of him, and when he calls you on that, you're going to tell him he's in the wrong? And then furthermore, after Jared's gone, when she comes back, she takes another shot at him. So a giant iron turret rolling at a good amount of speed hits her in the back of the head, and she just grunts it off. Yeah. No. She's <laughs> at the very least unconscious. At the very worst, her head has been flattened to a pancake. And she just keeps trying to interrupt them in typical douchey Max way. It's like, this character is so not endearing anymore. She was on thin ice to begin with, and now I want Kira to come back and finish the damn job. Max opens up the bag, and she pulls out the mask, and I literally wrote down, Oh, God, please tell me Max isn't going to wear the suit. Max is a snotty bitch. She's just a high school girl who's sticking her nose where it doesn't belong. Jeez, why don't you just say what you really think, my God. <laughs> Stop sugarcoating it. So with those specific negatives out of the way, there are also a few other quibbles that brought episodes of Batman Beyond down. Well, folks, if you love rants, then you're in for a treat today. Uh, our first episode is called Rats, with an exclamation point. <laughs> Was it Joyride? Yeah. Remember we were complaining about the music in one or two of the episodes last time, and... Everything was poor in that episode, though. <laughs> that is true. In one person, he is Dr. Milo, Sergeant Mills, and Livewire. <laughs> My God in heaven, the horror of it all. When did Blight become a common thug? Can somebody explain to me how a vehicle flying through the air makes a screeching brake noise? Does he come back? Yes, he does. Oh, he does. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Oh. First, he's black. Then he's white. Then he's black again in three different camera angles. They, you mean they changed his race? Yeah. Really? No. Yeah. Really? This episode degenerated something hardcore. Very quickly, yeah. My God. He pulls his bow back, and Nelson falls several stories into a car, and it's just like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like, what? No. No? <laughs> 
fuck me sideways on Christmas Eve. I hate this episode so fucking much. Big time. We all remember big time. How can we forget it? It was only, what, like four episodes ago? (laughs) He, with the help of a computer, figures out that the thing that connects both the attacks on Nelson and the stalking of Blade is none other than Willie Watt. Oh, yay. That last line that he utters, oh, God, I was their friend. (laughs) If that wasn't the most horribly acted, disingenuous nonsense I have ever heard outside of a Saw movie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, don't you start. Don't you start. But then there were noticeable highlights in the series as well. I just got to say, I love this episode. Ditto. Gotta admit, at first I wasn't overly thrilled with this episode, but in the last four minutes of this episode, I upped the grade of this episode about three points. Yes, just for the sound alone, right? The the whole silent fight, mm-hmm. uh, Ace saving Batman, doing, yeah, doing being cool. a, being a dog able to hear the sounds anyway, mm-hmm. Shreve going deaf, and then Bruce admitting that he doesn't call himself Bruce. <laughs> yes, it was just brilliant. Bruce does not. Budge, and he just stares this son of a bitch in the face. One thing I do have to mention, though, the voice of Aqua Girl, Jodie Benson, was the same person who voiced Ariel, the Little Mermaid. I was really waiting for that moment where you saw Terry kind of man up and take responsibility for his brother, and it happened here. So I'm fine with them going with the teasing from now on. Bloodhaven nuclear plant. Mention Mm -hmm. of Bloodhaven. Yeah, is this the Uh, first mention of Bloodhaven? Yep. Okay, I thought so. Cool. The payoff was Bullwhip's murder at the hands of the doctor. And so again, I wrote ending with drill equals plus one. <laughs> just, just that little scene. It's because it's really a very heartbreaking scene. Because you look at the look on Matt's face and it's just like, oh, that poor kid. The last couple of minutes of this episode were just downright brutal. Like mm-hmm. the fight Batman has with Ink, he is, he's trying to kill her. I gotta say, Shriek is quickly becoming one of my favorite villains. In the case of the one I'm assuming is knee-jerk, his limbs fall off. That was awesome. I'm gonna start with the music. Mm, yes. This, th- the music in this episode was just so unique. It was so cool. I like seeing the hero grow. I like seeing him take his lumps and learning from them and not letting it happen again. So, assuming Spellbinder comes back, I'm hoping... Terry doesn't get hypnotized again because he knows what to do and what not to do around this schmow. How about the design of that freeze suit? That was yeah. badass. Because yeah. Freeze's face, you can't even see his face anymore. It's just, it's like a ghost. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, I was thinking the episode was sort of below average. And then when that plan was revealed, I was like, it just got a bonus point right there. The only reason I ever remember this episode is because of Bane crippled mm-hmm. in that life support system. It's Yeah. It's really freaky. I will say, in my opinion, that that fight, to date, is the best fight we've seen in all of the DCAU. And that's saying nothing of the DCAU high point, Return of the Joker. And I've said this before, this is not only my favorite DCAU movie, and when I say DCAU movie, I include all the three-part Justice Leagues in that, too. Of course, yeah. Um but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't think there's a wasted second of film, and uh, it worked to their advantage, in my opinion, starting it out with action, because through the action, we actually start to get to know the character. This is the creepiest Joker design to date. 
any close-up you get of the Joker on, on screen here is just... Ooh. It's a really compelling speech, and Bruce gets pissed at him. Because yeah. he's like, damn, that's a good speech. Well, you're a stupid kid. Here we go. We get the story of the final confrontation between Batman and the Joker 40 years ago. I think we could skip over this. We don't need to cover this. You, th- you don't think so? No, no, no. What happens is Bruce just throws the batarang and catches it and is pleased. That's, that's all it is. That's lame. It's very lame, but the, the edited version of this movie is quite lame. They did more character development with Terry in this one episode than they did in all of Batman Beyond, I think. Kevin Conroy is a god. <laughs> I, I know we've said that before, but it really needs to just be reiterated again. It's just brilliant animation. Max wasn't in the movie. Yay! It's just... Great. (laughs) This is exactly what I figured we'd be doing throughout this whole thing. It's like, it's just, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. You gotta love it. So, with Batman Beyond coming to a close, we have a bright future of Zeta and Static Shock to look forward to. (laughs) Come on, come back, come back. Because if there's one way you can be taken through such unappealing series on paper at least, it's courtesy of Mike and James at their clownish best. I love surly old man Bruce. Oh yeah. Just, just beating everybody down with his cane. Because that's what he did to Terry too. He beat up the Jokers with his cane and then he just hits Terry with it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that look on his face was classic. It was like a 12 year old seeing his first pair of breasts. His eyes didn't blink. His mouth was hanging open. It was... I'm serious. Go back and look at it. It's like a 12 year old that got his hand on a Playboy. I'm going to say it. There's been character development for Ace. (laughs) And dare I say it, more than Dana. Yeah, that's a solid point, I would say. (laughs) I've given more character development to a dog than Dana. (laughs) It's like a game. Do I agree with Mike or James, or are they both wrong? (laughs) I like how both of us can't be right. It's either one of us is right, or we're both wrong. (laughs) (laughs) If Bruce had slept with Talia, who was really Raish, is it gay? Terry then apologizes to Bruce for you know what he said to him earlier. and He asks him if this has ever happened to him. And Bruce simply smiles and says, Let me tell you about a woman named Selena Kyle. And Talia Al Ghul. And the woman from Mask of the Phantasm. And the <laughs> woman from the Mystery of the Batwoman. And I'm sure I'm missing a dozen more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Special Agent Bennett. The guy with the green... Weather costume. wizard? Yeah, that's the fucking weather wizard. <laughs> I mean, there's no difference. None Not at all. Batman throwing the junkie into that computer caused the entire towers to <laughs> collapse. Only in the DCAU. Yes. You know, he can think he did. <laughs> yeah, right where I wanted her. Yeah. Under, that, under that pile of rubble that I was in. <laughs> I did like that Bruce was forced to reluctantly call him Batman in front of everybody. Because <laughs> you could just tell he did not want to do that. No, when a giant flipping penny falls on your legs, or maybe it was just one leg, uh, they're dust? Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> God, you sounded like Eddie Izzard there. That was awesome. <laughs> Harry's having to communicate with the back computer. That, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, where he's the, not recognizing the commands. Yeah. yeah, he's like, do the thing with the thing. <laughs> the a spectrographical analysis. Yeah, that's it. On paper, this had no right to succeed. But when you watch it, you kind of can't help but smirk. Yeah. 
and maybe chuckle at a few points. Apparently, Mad Stan, whom we haven't been uh, previously introduced to, is on the loose, and Batman has to stop him from blowing up a library. And Mike is losing his mind in the background here. <laughs> I love Mad Stan. I have to kind of uh, spray you with a cold hose. And lastly up today is Terry's Friend Dates a Robot. That title isn't subtle at all. Um, damn it, damn it, damn it. Oh, just I'm accept you, it already, man. I don't want to. <laughs> and Barbara confides in Terry that she used to date uh, Richard Grayson. Aha, see what I did there. <laughs> didn't, she didn't used to date. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Tony, he goes down in the shaft uh, because nothing can go wrong when you're bearing toxic waste and you're standing right next to it. That one dude slices a gash into a wall, and it causes the entire building to explode. Yeah, and, and next time I see him, I'm going to put on my fuck-me dress before we eat some chili. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about this rumor going around about a type of Smallville show focusing on the early days of oh, Dick Grayson? No! Mad Stan's little dog, a chihuahua named Boom Boom, shows up and... On the commercial, they show their heroism by burning through an American flag. Yes. <laughs> wow. Barta is all like, raw, you didn't ask us our opinion. I would have loved it if Superman would have turned around and been like... Did they seriously, seriously just take a robot to prison? It's not just he snaps him out of it. He throws the cane at him, makes Terry trip, and then he smacks the kid. Yep. <laughs> he smacks him. In this one, it starts off with Terry taking Bruce to see Batman the Musical for his birthday. <laughs> a superstitious and cowardly lie. <laughs> I want to be a mommy. Jesus Christ, how many sexual innuendos were in this episode? That whole, like, last scene there is just about Howard going to fuck the robot, which nobody at that point knows is a robot. <laughs> like Blade's like, wow, go Howard. <laughs> After hearing all the banging and shit going on. <laughs> Their bodies, unconscious, were thrown out the windows by the concussive force of the blast. Safely into the pavement below. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy Nelson is a complete douchebag. Yes, he is. Terry's mom finding the <laughs> drugs in the bag and being like, oh no, my son's on drugs! My life is over! I was like, oh, wow, he's dumping toxic waste like a Captain Planet villain. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Oh, we should do a Captain Planet podcast. You know, did that feel good? And she says something like, yeah, like old times. You know, if that was my wife, I'd be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we have to do the, uh, get out now alert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The first time I heard it, I was like, I don't like this tune, but by the end of the episode, it sort of grew on me. But at the same time, funguses grow on you, and that's not a good thing, so... <laughs> and he takes his own life by leaping into the snake pit. <laughs> the next day, she's okay. She's growing a new hand out of her ass because she landed in toxic waste, but she's okay. <laughs> and this is further shown when Max opens her locker and a pie with a brick is launched out of it. <laughs> Acid, never mind a gun, a pie with a brick. <laughs> yep. I, I know, I, I know. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> One of the characters says, no more charity events, they're too dangerous. <laughs> it feels like love all over you. <laughs> yes. 
You? <laughs> no. Oh God. Oh. I love this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew it. A line of dialogue that was uttered in the beginning of the episode by Chelsea. She says, uh, "He can haunt my castle anytime." <laughs> How many guys did he kick in the nuts in this episode? I don't know. A lot. And Terry is embarrassed because Dana looks at him and she wants some bad. I kept this suit in cold storage. Huh? Huh? Get it? And yeah. <laughs> when, when he uttered that line, I was like, ooh, that's bad. That, that's something yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. That's exactly say. what I thought of. <laughs> and suddenly, Raish's voice exits Talia's vocal cords with the familiar, <laughs> the familiar detective line. <laughs> He should have came up looking like the Toxic Avenger. If he, had, if he had come up with a mop, I would have given this episode a 10. So, until that time comes around, I will content myself with a certain James Bond-themed podcast and comic book movie-related output on Earth-2.net. I bid you good day, playing out as always with a few impressions from the hosts. You naughty kid trying to ruin my fun. Papa Spank! Very good then, Mr. McGinnis. Welcome to my world. And it's like, (laughs) wow, like that is powerful. They called her Mother Mayhem. It was the golden age of alliteration. Yeah. Get out of the way, you stupid feds. Damn you. He's like, you're, you're, you're treading on this guy's human rights. You're Batgirl. She's Batgirl. (laughs) Uh, Powers is like, welcome back, Bruce. How have you been holding up? With a cane. Who are you? And he goes, me? I'm the best. And then Terry shuts it down, and he's like, no, 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 no. You see how long I'm doing that? That's how long he's doing it in the show. No, 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 no. You sure he's telling the truth? Yes. And Terry's like, you killed my father. And Blight just says, do you have the slightest idea how little that narrows it down? When Matt's like, what are you going to do? You know, drink my blood, cut my heart out? He's like, don't be melodramatic. Like, totally just smacks Bruce and starts walking away, and he's like, and you hit like a girl. Remember, Dr. Lake, there may be some temporary discomfort. And he says, uh, who do you think you're talking to, old man? We're the Jokers. And Bruce is just like, sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> you rotten little scamps. You break a grandmother's heart. I hope they throw the book at you. Actually, we all know what has to play out this segment. The Zenith of the DCAU itself. Batman the Musical. I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. 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 There is a song the good folks sing. Song the good folks sing. Batman about a hero on the wing. Hero on the wing. Batman. I am Gotham's darkest night, the villain's darkest fright. Turn on the signal light for Batman! Batman. You hate me, don't you? Lighten up, it's your birthday. Don't remind me. Good work, Cape Crusader. Once again, you've saved our fair city from those vile miscreants. They were no problem, Commissioner. For as we all know, criminals are a superstitious, cowardly lot. They plan and plot, but they always get caught. 
Their evil schemes all come to naught A superstitious, cowardly lot It took me weeks to get tickets for this show. It's Shway. It's Schwarbage. Excuse me. One side, please. Move! A superstitious, cowardly lot. They plan and plot, but they always get caught. Their evil schemes all come to naught. So before we get to our rescores, as we're prone to do with these recap shows, we'll save that for a little ways down the road in this episode. Uh, uh, what we're going to do right now is just talk about Batman Beyond as a whole. Um, you know, James, going into Batman Beyond, you know, what were you expecting out of the show? And now that it's over, uh, were your expectations met? What did you get out of it? What didn't you get out of it? So on and so forth. Um, I gotta tell you, I am a little disappointed, uh, because, you know, you sent me, you know, our, the Excel file with all of our scores on it from every episode in the series, and, you know, when I look at that average score, it's, yeah, it's not very good. No, I'll pull it up right now. You gave an average score of 5.6, I gave an average score of 5.3, coming out to, you know, an average of whatever that average would be, you know? So, you know... like, looking at that, do you agree that Batman Beyond as a whole, and that includes people, that really does include our perfect tens for Return of the Joker, that, that 5.6 and that 5.3, do you agree with that, or would you maybe bump your score up a little? I think it's perfect. I really do. Because, I mean, you know, like I said in our last episode, a lot of, you know, a lot of Batman Beyond was new to me. I would, I would say at least 70% of the episodes I had never seen before. Uh, before doing the podcast here, um, you know there were a lot of bright spots. Uh, you know, a lot rebirth, uh, mind games, uh, meltdown. There were, you know, there was a lot of great episodes. Like, um, but there were a lot of just periods where we had just nothing but crappy, crappy episodes. Mm-hmm. More so than I think, more so than we'd ever had in BTAS or Superman. At least you know, considering that there's less episodes of Batman Beyond than there were of the you know either of those previous two series. But you know, the point remains the same. It's I think I didn't really know what to expect coming into Batman Beyond. It's and you know I said the same thing for Zeta Project. I don't know what to expect when we're going to be going into Zeta. Yeah. But you know, I I think I expected a lot more than we got. Um, I think you know. Thank God we had Return of the Joker, really, because that really, really helped solidify Terry as Batman and, you know, being his own man and everything. It bears repeating, as it always does, the horrible, horrible character of Max. I mean, just prevalent throughout the series. And it's every time she's on the screen, you just want to, you know, either strangle something or throw a rock through your TV screen. (laughs) I threw a rock at him. Sorry, I had to do it. So, yeah, I'm just just saying it, it's it's really it was I think it was disappointing on on some level at least. Uh, something you said a second ago, I wanted to double check. There's actually more episodes of Batman Beyond than there are of uh, Superman. Really? Hmm. Yeah. That again, that's counting two and three parters as one episode as we do. Um, there's okay. just a handful more. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's fine. It's just something I wanted to double check. Um, but it did seem like there were more Superman, doesn't it? Than, it does. than Batman Beyond. 
I, you know, going in, I'm like you. I hadn't seen a lot of this. It, I knew it was going to be fresh to me. I didn't quite know what to expect. Uh, and I, I do feel a little let down. I'm looking at this 5.3 that I gave it overall. And there's a part of me that wants to say, no, let me bump that up to a 6. But then there's mm-hmm. the other part of me that's like, no. No. I mean, we had Joyride. We had Ascension. Oh, you I'll know? be saying we plenty had, about Joyride in a, in a little while. Yeah, I mean, we hint, had... Hint. Yeah, we had Gollum. We had Final Cut. I mean, you know, we had someone that were just kind of middle of the road, like Big Time and Untouchable and Where's Terry? You know, a lot of this series really was just average at best. Um, you know, it looked good, and it was oh, yeah. interesting seeing... Uh, Terry grow, because he definitely grew from start to finish and all the way through uh, Return of the Joker, you know, and we don't see that in Bruce Wayne. You know, he's already established himself as Batman by the time BTAS has started. And, you know, he's he's firmly cemented in that role. He's not going to change that much. Um, but seeing young Terry go from being the punk high school kid to the punk Batman, to the responsible Batman that can kick the crap out of the Joker, there's a lot of depth and growth there. So I appreciate the show on that level, but episode-wise, it really was majorly hit or miss, and unfortunately there were a lot of misses. Or, again, a lot of -of middle-of-the-road sort of average, be-it's-just-there stuff, yeah. I will agree with what something you did say a second ago. It was it was really uh, nice to look at. I thought, you know, for the vast majority, the animation in the series was stellar. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that shouldn't be discounted. It's it, it really was. There were very very few times where I said this episode just doesn't look very good. Or and the music too. I thought they they took a big risk with all the you know the the metal and uh, or the, you know kind of the industrial metal music and. Mm-hmm. It, and I think they hit a home run with that. Uh, it's, like I said, in I think episodes like Mind Games, the music in that episode was just phenomenal. By and large, the music really was great in the series. So you know, I have to you know thank it for that. It's that that certainly bears uh, mentioning. So you know, and you know, if, you know five point six, five point three, I guess as a whole was just average. If you want to take everything together, I think it. I think our each of our scores, our average scores, are pretty much correct. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at what we gave Batman the Animated Series, and you gave that a 6.1, I gave that a 6.0. I'm thinking in the back of my head there's a memory saying we both might have bumped it up to a 7 just because, for like sentimental reasons, because it created the DC Animated Universe. Pardon me if we didn't do that, but I'm 99% sure we did. I think we did too. And then we get to Superman. You gave it a 6.2. I gave it a 5.8. Uh, Gotham Knights, 6.2 for you. Um, uh, my score is right around where yours was. You actually give it a 6.18. I give it a 6.16. But again, we'll say 6.2s. You know, and then we get to Batman Beyond, and it doesn't seem like a big difference from a 6. Point, for me, we'll go from a 6.2 to a 5.3. That's only a 0.9, you know, difference. Mm-hmm. But that's a big difference at the same time. You're going from slightly above average to just sort of... Uh, Barely um, above average. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I, I just wish I could pinpoint what it was that just wasn't uh, doing it for me with this show. What they were missing. 
overall, and I can't do that. I, I really can't sit down and say this is what made the episodes kind of be stinkers a lot of the time. There was one episode of WFP where, I, and I think it was episode 41, but I don't know for certain, uh, where I said, in every episode we reviewed, I was like, they were wasting time. Mm-hmm. They were clearly just using filler after filler after filler. And, you know, it's maybe and it, maybe it was episode 42. I don't. Yeah, it was episode 42, I remember, because it had Lost Soul and uh, once burned. But yeah, that's. I think that was one of the biggest problems with the show is that there was a lot of unnecessary filler and just time wasting, you know. And there was episodes like Joyride and um, I'm trying to think of Rats, where there was just, <laughs> these. There was nothing really hooking you to the story. The the plot was just kind of either, you know. Yeah, you know, it, it didn't really hook you at all, or it was just stupid. Now, here's a question. Do you think you would have been hooked to the same stories if the characters, the villains, that is, were familiar faces, like Two-Face, the Riddler, Clayface, uh, Scarface, those guys? Do you think you would buy into the story more if you were more invested in the characters because you know them from other episodes or from the comic books, or from movies, or whatever. That's certainly a good theory. Um, I I can't say for certain, of course, but, you know, I'm going to say it wouldn't matter. Uh, really, I think I can be I can be unbiased here, and I'm trying to think of a, a way I could parallel this to a, a, an old-school Bat villain. Um, if, say, I, I, fuck, I don't know, if Lost Soul was a Riddler episode or something, or a Mad Hatter episode... I still, that still would have been dumb to me because remember, my biggest complaint with that episode is that, you know, what was the end goal? I mean, it, it wouldn't matter if it was Hardak or Hatter or whatever the guy, Vance, I think was the, the computer guy's name in Lost Soul. It, it really wouldn't have mattered because mm-hmm. it was just such a nonsensical plot? Yeah. Question mark? <laughs> So, yeah, I'm going to stick with, you know, it was just, it wouldn't have mattered. You brought it up earlier. Let's talk about Max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's as, move on. As, um. <laughs> as if Ian didn't give us enough of our, our rants on Max, or your rants on Max, I should say. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you have to say about the, the Maxine character? I'm sorry I ever said that I liked that character back in episode, whatever it was, 40. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because at first, you know, I thought... You know, she might become a kind of, you know, an okay character uh, that helps out Terry when, you know, he he needs some intel, kind of like an Oracle-type character. But, yeah, God, it it seemed like each subsequent episode she got worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. It's like they wanted us to hate her. Mm Mm-hmm. It really did seem like that. And... I don't get it. it. (laughs) No, I I don't either. That's what I was just about to say. I... I don't understand why they would write a character to be that annoying. It's one thing to write sort of like a background character, someone we only see once in a while, to be annoying. But she, they were trying to position her to have the same role as Bruce. You know, she could get computer intel. She could do some spying for Terry. You know, and, okay, that's fine. They were trying to add some youth to the show. I get that. I have no problem with that, as a matter of fact. 
But if you're going to create that character, oh my god, don't don't do it the way they did it. That that's a lesson to all you future cartoon makers out there. Don't create Maxine. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to say much more about her because, as James said, of course, Ian's segment. <laughs> says it all. <laughs> says it all. It really does. Um, but my word, oh man! Yeah. yeah, I just yeah. Again, I don't get it. They were, <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, if I ever get a chance to interview uh, Tim or Deanie or any of the guys, first question out of my mouth is like, what the fuck were you thinking with Max? <laughs> <laughs> Not even thank you for creating the DCAU. It'd be, what the fuck were you thinking with Max? Oh, by the way, thank you for the DCAU. <laughs> mm. And, and that, another thing about Max is, you know, they're going to, they wanted to make her this, you know, intel gathering, you know, helpful character and all. But when they have her, she fails every single time. It, it's like, even if they're going to make her annoying, fine, whatever, at least make her useful. <laughs> She wasn't even useful. She was she, every time she tried to do something for Terry, she failed miserably. She's in like she's getting mixed up with Curare and uh, going into subway tunnels and shit. It just it was ridiculous. Enough about Max. Let's forget about her. She's please, she's yes, done. Please. She's she's completely done. We never have to see her again. Uh, if I remember correctly, yes. she doesn't even pop up in the once in future thing. Let's let's just move on from her. Um, let's 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 talk about something that we did like about Batman Beyond because it, you know we're, it sounds like we're ragging on it. We didn't hate it. You you guys just listened to us talk about this for however many episodes we spoke about it. You know, as a whole, we did like it. We just wish it was better. That said, who were some of your favorite uh, villains in in this series? Uh, I, I know I, who your top favorite is going to be. I, I just know, but which ones were you liking the most? I I, I think at the top of my list, I would put uh, Shriek. Oh, really? I thought you were going to put Ink up there. That's that's what I was getting at there. I, thought, I really thought Ink. I think Ink was, you know, you know no pun intended, solid. But, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I really dug Shriek. I think he he wasn't in a bad episode, if I recall. Um, we both graded the, his debut episode an 8. Mm. And, um, you know, I thought that they really developed him well. They made him, you know, it, even though it was his fault he went deaf... You know, it kind of, sort of made him a little sympathetic. You know, it kind of like maybe a two-face somewhere. You know, somewhere in that kind of vicinity. I think they did well by Shriek, and uh, even, and we had a few problems with I think his second episode where he has the the tuning fork tower that gets blown up <laughs> by having a guy thrown into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but still, it, I he really he really wasn't uh, written badly at any point. So I, he tops my list. Uh, how about you? Ink, really okay. ink, um, and it boils down to what you pointed out, which I don't know if I ever would have noticed had you not said it, is that Terry never beat her, ever. Nope. Nope. It always took someone else stepping in to take her down. Um, so for that alone, uh, but on top of that, character design, um, they animated her well most of the time, and, you know, I'm a mark for the femme fatale. I really am, and that's you know what kind of what they were going for with her. I mean, that's that's what these guys love doing with all their uh, female villains, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I put her up there um, uh, for a sentimental reason. Mad Stan right behind her. Oh, fuck <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he's not a villain, man. He's just trying to right injustices. 
<laughs> against the establishment, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> right on, Mad Stan. Right on. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he was the villain we're not supposed to take seriously. I mean, I, I'm reluctant to even call him a villain, if you want the truth. He's anti-hero just anti-hero to the extreme. Yeah, in a way, he is an anti-hero. He, in a way. Um... Because you could buy into his cause. You know, you can't buy into Two-Face's cause. You know, let's go steal $2 million from the Second National Bank, which is located at 222, you know, 2nd Street. Now, you can't buy into that. You know, but you could buy into what Mad Stan is selling you. And that's important when you're creating a character who's going to be an antagonist. Um, So... Yeah, you know, I, I, I got to put him up there. Um, who else would you throw on this list of uh, your favorite or the best or whatever villains from Batman Beyond? Uh, though he only showed up one time, I would throw Terminal on there. Um, really because of Michael Rosenbaum. I mean, he he absolutely owned that episode that he was in. Uh, I believe it was Hidden Agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a great one-off character. I would have loved to see him come back and, you know... I don't know how they would do it, but, you know, I'm sure they could. I mean, all he did was get arrested, so mm-hmm. I'm sure they could have written him into another episode. But he was, until we got the Joker gang in Return of the Joker, he was easily, easily the best Joker gang member we we saw. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the Jokers as a whole were terrible. But he was, you know, the bright spot. He, he really was very threatening. The voice, of course, was outstanding. I loved listening to every line he said. So, yeah, he would definitely be up there, too. I'm trying to think who else I would throw on this list. Um, I think I'd throw, um... Stalker? Stalker's good, yeah. I I definitely like Stalker. Um, But I I lost the name of the guy. And I'm trying to say I like him. Christ! The the orange-suited... Spellbinder. Spellbinder, yeah. I like the concept behind the character. I don't know if, you know, he was, uh, you know, executed perfectly every time. Because, I mean, you remember in Eyewitness, I had major troubles with the fact that we only know he's the villain for the last 90 seconds, and he's taken down at about 20 seconds. Oh, that, and that was our biggest grade differential of any episode. Yeah, yeah. And that one's going to be spoken about in a, in mm-hmm. a little bit. I That is on my list. Um, but, uh... Yeah, again, I, I like the design. It's it's sort of like, you know, I hate to say it, it's sort of like the Saw movie, the first one, where great potential, really good idea, but I don't know if it was fully reached. Oh, with Spellbinder. I know with Saw it wasn't. Christ, I'm mistaken. <laughs> I know it wasn't. Even though she never had any lines, Cure was great. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. just for what she was. She didn't have any lines. She was just the deadly assassin that nobody could beat, and Terry barely beat her, really, if you, if you want the truth. So, you know, I thought... I liked. I generally liked when she appeared, in and of herself. Of course, when Max got involved, everything went straight to, into the shitter. Yeah. But I liked Curare. I liked her design. I liked uh, the concept of her. Um, I'm trying to think, there's anybody else? Um, but I really don't think there was. Um, uh, damn, I think there was one other that I'm forgetting, but. Okay, you know what? Just for the hell of it, in Earth Mover, crazy, uh, toxic waste bone guy. Oh, yeah. Just just for the design. Just for the design. Mm -hmm. I'll just throw that out there. So while we're on this kick of talking about what uh, we liked about the show, what else sticks out from Batman Beyond? The good, specifically. 
Um, well, I mean, I already spoke about the animation and the yes. music. Um, yeah, I just, I liked a futuristic take on Batman, and mm-hmm. you know, we said I think uh, in a previous or in a Batman Beyond episode of WFP that uh, we were, you know somebody asked us who we would uh, like to see uh, take over as Batman in the comic books, mm-hmm. you know, in the event of Bruce Wayne's demise, and you know, I would have. I really would have liked it if they somehow could have had Terry McGinnis be the new Batman. But I mean, and obviously it, it couldn't really happen just because of the t- where the timeline is. They still got Tim Drake as a young kid and everything. But um, yeah, I really would have liked to have seen that happen, uh, even though you know, even though it's not logistically possible, because I thought that um, that the character development of Terry was, you know, by and large done pretty damn well, especially in Return of the Joker, which goes without saying, but um, yeah, and I thought that they took a lot of great risks with this show. There was It was a lot more mature in most areas. We got a lot of blood. The ink episodes? Woo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, we spoke about how violent the fights were. Oh, and, yeah. like, again, in Mind Games, I'm going to keep bringing that episode up because I love that episode. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was. I, I guess I liked b- most of all, beyond the the animation and music, uh, the maturity level of the show. Uh, what about you? No, I, I'll, I'll agree with what you're saying there. Again, as we both said, it's a great looking show. It's a great sounding show. They were touching on some themes that we hadn't really seen before. Um, I liked the youthfulness of it all because in BTAS, that's not a youthful show. I mean, we're following a 30 year old Batman you know, in a very dark city, and a Robin who's in college. You know, I mean, when we get to Superman, you know, it's brighter, but it's still not youthful. When we get over to Gotham Knights, it's it's a little brighter itself, and there's Tim to liven it up, and there's Batgirl there, but still not exactly youthful. But then we get over here, and we've got Terry. He's a high school kid. He's having fun. He's got girl problems. You know, he's got school problems. He's got parental problems. And, you know, th- those are things that a younger audience can relate to. Kids of any age can relate to the school problems and parental problems. Teenagers who are watching it can relate to the to the girl problems, the boy problems. Um, so I like the fact that they were trying something new, that they didn't throw the costume on like a 25-year-old, we'll say, um, because then it just would have been Bruce Wayne just slightly younger, you know. Instead, we've got this whole other guy living a whole different kind of life. Uh, while trying to be Batman. And I applaud them for trying it, but again, it didn't quite work the way it, they wanted it to, because if it had, we would have got better episodes out of it, obviously. So do you want to move on to um, our rescores or our re-reviews or however you want to re- re- uh, word that? Yeah, that would be a good place to go next. Okay, so uh, what's if you don't mind starting, what's the first one you are going to rescore? Um, I am going to go with Hidden Agenda. Um, I originally graded it as six, but going back on it, I, I rewatched it, and you know, it really it's. I think it's because I'm fanboying out on Michael Rosenbaum, but I'm going to give it an extra point and get it up, to, uh, bump it up to a seven. Um, now remind us what episode that was. That's the one where uh, oh, yeah. Max is being stalked by someone, right? Right. That was the one where, uh, as I was saying earlier. Uh, we have the Joker, the kind of different Joker gang, with uh, led by Terminal, um, and it was actually a student at the sc- at the school with uh, Terry and Max mm-hmm. and everybody. And he's 
he got the second highest score on their equivalent of the SAT, and his bitch of a mother, like, just completely, it basically tells him he's worthless because he got the second highest score. And so he takes it upon himself to try and kill Max. And if he had, then I would have given this episode a 10. <laughs> well, <laughs> remember that episode had one of the most classic Batman Beyond uh, moments, though. <laughs> the pie with the brick. The pie with the brick! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, Eddie. In, yeah, anything else you want to say about Hidden Agenda, or can I rattle off my first one? By all means, go ahead. Uh, my first one is A Touch of Curare. Um, I gave it a six, and you gave that an eight. Um, I don't remember what my problems with it were the first time around, why I gave it not a low score, but one that's just slightly above average. But upon rewatching it, you know, I realized it had some good animation, it had really great music, and it had some really great tension throughout. But yeah, I'm going to bump that up from a six to a seven. I'm still not uh, as high on it as you were, but I do realize it was a little better than I was actually giving it credit for. Uh, let's see. Next, I think I'll go with Earth Mover uh, with crazy, creepy, toxic, stuck-in-wall guy. Yeah, I graded that one a four, and I remember I think you graded it the same thing. Um, or maybe, you, I don't know. I honestly don't Let me see. You graded I'm trying to look for it right now. Where is Earth it? Mover. Oh, you, no, I you give it a two. Two. Uh-huh. two. Yeah, um, I am going to bump that down to a three because okay. honestly, I the only reason I gave it a four was because of creepy, toxic, sucking wall guy, and uh-huh. that's way overgrading it. So it's going down to a three, and it probably deserves the two you gave it. What's next for you? Uh, next for me is rats. Uh, you gave this a one. I gave it a four. I think I gave it a four because now I'm trying to remember why did I give that a four. I really don't know why you gave that a four. I mean, Mad Stan is good for a point, but that's about it for me. Yeah, I, I think that I think we might have had the same conversation when I scored it the first time around. Like, why am I giving this a four? And we're both like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, watching it again in my notes, all I wrote was has Mad Stan. That's really it. It's what you just said. That's all it has going for it. I ranted um, more on that episode than any other episode. <laughs> I mean, just nothing makes sense in that episode. I mean, again, Dana wearing that dress to the chili place? <laughs> what? You had you had one of the great classic WFP lines ever with the put on the fuck me dress and open it's chili. <laughs> I, really, that that is going to go down as one of the top five lines in WFP lore when all is said and done. Thank you, sir. So, yeah, my four for rats is being dropped down to a two. Okay, let's see. What next? What next? I think uh, I'll go with The Curse of the Cobra or The Curse of Cobra. You know, I know it was only a month ago, but I can't remember why I didn't grade this even lower than I did. It was a terrible episode. Or, yeah, you, know, you gave this a points. three, right? Yeah, and I, I honestly don't know why I graded it that high. Uh, I'm bumping it down to a two because... As we said, that episode was just one huge degeneration. I think we said that the first episode was solid, but it really it wasn't solid enough to even garner a three that I originally gave it. So, yeah, I'm going down to a two on that one. Uh, let's see. Next up for me is Eyewitness. I was eagerly looking forward to this. Yeah, now, you gave this a six. I gave this a two. 
you know, my major issues with it, if I remember correctly, were that Barbara just was coming off like a self-righteous bitch. Because she was like, how dare you kill a terrorist, sir? Like, what? You know, and the fact that she doesn't trust Bruce to choose a good partner. I mean, he chose her. He chose Dick. <laughs> he chose Dick. <laughs> he chose hey, Tim. Ian. Hey, Ian, there you go. We can, you can start for your next No, he can't. Thing. He can't. See, the, these recap episodes, they're sort of like... Uh, they're safe zones because what's he going to do? Recap from a recap episode? So, ha. Oh, wait, no. Episode 100, he could recap from anything. Damn it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're not completely safe. Well, I have two years. Maybe he'll forget or I'll say something much more embarrassing in two years' time. But, uh, you know, over the course of his career, he's chose plenty of partners to establish himself as choosing good partners or good protégés. So all of a sudden, Barbara's thinking that he's going to choose someone that's a complete schmuck and doesn't know what he's doing and isn't worthy of the mantle. I mean, I, I never fully understood her attitude. And again, just the jobbing out of Spellbinder. I have a very hard time getting over that. But again, rewatching it, I do admit I was a little harsh on this one. So I'm going to bump it up to a Four? I'm tempted to say a three, but I think I'm going to go with a four on this one instead of the two I originally gave it. You and I are going to disagree with, about this until the end of time. I mm-hmm. like the ending. I don't think he was jobbed out. Uh, in, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure somebody else, you know, looking at it has the same uh, opinion. It, 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 but I can understand where you're coming from. I really can't. I can see how somebody could see it from your point of view or my point of view. So, I mean, again, I'm not... I'm never going to agree with you on this because I really do feel like Spellbinder with that last line really just stuck it to Barbara. Yeah. So yeah, that is a yeah. good closing line from him. Let's see. We got, I got two more left. I think I'll go with, uh, here we go again. Mind games. Um, this episode is getting bumped up to a 10 and I equate this to, uh, Ace in the hole with, uh, as relates to you, Mike, cause you graded Ace in the hole a 10 and I graded it a nine. Um, but, you know, looking back on this episode, it really has nothing wrong with it at all. Um, Remind us what Mind Games is. Uh, my, oh, I'm sorry. Mind Games was where uh, Terry had to save a little uh, psychic girl from the brain Oh, trust. yes. Yes, with that really great animation. Yeah. And the fight with uh, the albino guy. It, it really. <laughs> I can't even put into words how awesome that fight was. Um, and the voice acting was great. It really, just everything about that episode was just... I, that's an episode I will sit down and watch on loop over and over again. Um, and I remember when we originally graded the episode, uh, I think the only reason I didn't grade it a 10 at the time was because I said it wasn't you know, as memorable as other 10 episodes that we've had. But I think that's unfair to the episode. So... You know, I'm giving it a 10. It's it's a sentimental favorite to me, and I think it deserves it. It, it definitely deserves it. Okay. So then, uh, next up for me, I want to look back at The Egg Baby. Remember, I struggled with this one. <laughs> I wanted to hate The Egg Baby so much. And I, you gave it a 9, I gave it a 6. And as I think I started out giving it like a 3 or a 4, but as we spoke about it, it my score kept going up and up, and I finally settled on a 6, and I was even hem and hawing, and I'm like, I don't want to like it, uh, you know. Um, There's no shame in liking the egg baby, sir. <laughs> but having rewatched it, I have decided 
that uh, I'm not going to change my score on this one. Now, I, remember, when we go back and we do these look-backs, our scores aren't always going to change. We might go, you know, that score I gave it, that was a fair score, and that's what I'm doing here. here. Um, I think James overscored it with a 9. <laughs> oh, come on. It's, it's Like I told you, I, I think it's this, uh, you know, Batman Beyond's Mixies Pixelated. I agree with you. You know, every series needs several episodes that are just... You know, funny, ha-ha, sit-down, laugh-your-ass-off kind of episodes, and, and that's fair. I'm just saying I think your nine's a little high, but we're not talking about that. I was just getting a little jab in there. But my six, it works for me. I, I can definitely see why people would like this episode, why they would get a blast out of it. I mean, I, I was chuckling as I was watching again, you know, when Terry catches the baby from falling out the window, or the baby in quotes, and he sticks his tongue out at the guy. You know, that that's always good for a laugh. But on a whole, I just can't go any higher on this one. Um, I, I think the six is perfectly fair. Okay. So I can respect that. Okay. Uh, what's your, is this your last one that we're going to do now? Yep, okay. my last one. Um, here we go, folks. Joyride. Mm. This episode is getting the ultimate dishonor, and <laughs> it's going down to a zero. Okay. It is. It is, in fact, as bad as the terrible trio. <laughs> now, and I'm not remembering what Joyride was about. That's how bad it is. I don't remember anything about this one. The Joker steal that top secret. Oh, God, it's that one. Yeah. yeah. And, mm. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking back on it. We, I said that there were three things I liked about the episode, the, this uh, Joker skeleton. But, you know, we can look, we can really pretty much determine that that was not the Joker skeleton. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't. It was probably just some guy that didn't survive the initiation into the Joker gang. Yeah. Um, and then the other two were just extremely minor. You know, kind of a, huh, oh, notice that. How about that? Things. And... Yeah, those things do not equal a point. They mm. don't. So, yeah, I, really, everything about that episode was a terrible. It was one of the only episodes where the music was, you know, didn't fit with the episode. It wasn't great animation-wise. And so, I mean, really, there's nothing to recommend the episode by. It gets a zero. My fifth and final episode that <laughs> I will think about rescoring. Do you want to guess which one it is? Well, I I know what it, which one it is. So I mean, which one is it, really, sir? It's not fair, huh? What which is one it? is it, sir? Once burned. Yes. I was a little harsh on the episode. Probably I, rightfully so. I gave it a zero. James gave it a two. Um, for those of you that don't remember, I gave it a zero because I felt the producers of the episode committed character assassination on Terry. I, I understand making your characters fall in love or just fall for people that aren't their significant others. It creates drama. I get that. But I just have a problem with it when it's a teenage superhero and it's done in a cartoon that is aimed at kids. I mean, I just think it sends a really mixed message to them. But again, you know, I I was really harsh on it. Um, I will regret you if you don't change it truthfully because I completely understand where you're coming from here Yeah, yeah, I mean there's that part of me that wants to bump it up up to like a 1 but uh, the reason and I know people are going to be mad about this but the reason I'm going to keep it at a 0 here 
and this isn't me trying to be funny like I was with uh, Christmas with the Joker, you know? <laughs> you know, it's I really struggled with this one. The reason I'm going to keep it at a zero, again, the character assassination, but also the uh, the ending where Terry had the two gangs going at it with each other. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest gripe with the episode. It was. He, he gotten a ton of people killed. And potentially did. We don't know what happened, really. So... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It has to stay a zero. Now, in regards to this episode and uh, Ian's segment from earlier, of course, he noted that I said that I took a lot of flack at the forums about this, and you know, he pointed out he was the only one that gave me flack at the forums. The audio proof is there. You all heard it. I said only at the forums, I, but I could swear I also said through email. I could swear I said that. If I didn't, I did mean to. This isn't me backpedaling. We really did receive a lot of email flack for it. By we, I mean me. (laughs) (laughs) Ian wasn't the only person who was saying I overreacted with that one. And I I, I could see why people would say that. I can. um, But I do hope you guys at least understand where I'm coming from. Terry. I've been thinking about something you once told me. And you were wrong. It's not Batman that makes you worthwhile. It's the other way around. Never tell yourself anything different. Thanks. Feedback in the form of emails and MP3s can be sent to feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. That's feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss the Gotham Girls and Lobo webtoons. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast.